happening, everybody? Welcome to the Sneaky Friggin' Emu, episode number 130, I think. How's it going? I miss you. I love you. You are some of the most important people in the world to me. Both of you. Mom, thanks for listening. Sneaky Emu is a place we're into, um, what discover the wonders of the world and God that's ever before us that sometimes we occasionally fail to see and overlook. Yeah. Again, probably need to work on that little phrase a little bit better, but it's okay. So uh, I hope you're having. I hope you're having a good day. Hope you're having a good day. Uh, I, I'm having a. I'm having a pretty good day here um, on this wonderful morning on which it is, and uh, had had a had a, had a great little weekend. Got to watch uh, my daughter play softball. Got to hang out with my sister and her husband. Celebrate their nine-year anniversary, um, you have to go hang out, have some, have some dinner, and just had, just had a really good, really good time. So uh, happy anniversary to Hannah and Mitchell Dome. Way to, way to go, guys. Keep going. You can do it. I believe in you most of the time. Um, anyways, so episode 130, uh, I think we're going to call it Just a Thought. <laughs> just a thought. So, um, currently, my daughter is uh, 12 years old, going on about 15, 32, 27. She, uh, she, she fluctuates between very mature and not very mature at all. And um, what I've noticed is that as a middle school girl and the middle school girl that she hangs out with, girls she hangs out with, and just being kind of in that uh, time period in our lives, in her life, is that her, and she's not, I don't believe alone in this, is is very concerned with everybody's opinions and thoughts about everything. Like everything is kind of a big deal and our hair still has to look a certain way and we have to wear certain clothes. And I'm sure that this is not limited to girls. I'm not singling out girls. This has just been my experience because my boys are not old enough to fully be there yet. Although I do see this a little bit. Um, but she, uh, she, she's very concerned with all these things. Um, she will take, uh, she will get up early to get dressed for school in the morning, which doesn't seem like that big a deal. Like I know that that's a thing, but also, um, she goes to a school where they wear uniforms. And so I, <laughs> I find myself going, how, what, how is this such a big deal? Like what, put the shirt and the pants on, like nothing, nothing changes. Like <clears throat> put your hair in a ponytail, <laughs> braid your hair, whatever you're going to do, put on the uniform that you have in which 90% of all decision-making has been taken out of the equation. This shouldn't be that big a deal. But She's very concerned with what everybody thinks. She gets very concerned now with, um, you know, she's at the age where her parents uh, are, are starting to get a little bit embarrassing. like, <laughs> And she's worried about what the other girls may think when her parents show up to pick her up from practice or from school or whatever. And what is my mom doing with her hair because she's embarrassing? And how come my dad is just wearing sandals? Like, we don't want to see his toes. And there's so many things that she gets so very embarrassed about. Um, and I just, I, I, I was thinking about this the other day because I'm like, gosh, that has to be, 
that has to be so rough. Like just continually being so worried about everybody else's thoughts and opinions about what you're doing. Like what a terrible burden to, to carry with you. Now, the other night, uh, I took her to softball practice. And so it was just uh, me and her, you know, I, I take her, I sit, I, I work on some things, has a two-hour softball practice. Um, we go, I sit down, I start working on some stuff, and, you know, I just keep an eye on the practice. And she's going through her practice, and at one point, I'm just kind of, you know, I'm, I'm observing, I'm taking in the whole, the whole ballpark that evening, and there's like four four different fields there, kind of st- you know slammed together like a pizza, and uh, uh, there's different age girls on all the different fields. There's like under eight girls over here, and there's these little cute little girls that you know they're hitting off the tee or or a machine pitch or something. And then there's the an older you know there's uh, our group which is like 12U, and then there's a a group on another field that's like 14U, and you can see the, all these girls that they're very various stages of development. And I just was, you know, listening to the different chatter between the fields and, and, and observing, um, how each age group of girls like carries themselves and how they're behaving, that sort of thing. Um, and, and I just started to think about like, if all of them are dealing with and going through the same stuff that my daughter is currently dealing with, I, I just, it, it was a bit overwhelming to think about all, and not, not in like a pity way. I wasn't pitying. It was just going like, wow, I, I wonder how many of these other girls are, are wrestling and dealing with the same issues, which I assume is most of them. They're in, in every situation, whether at school, whether at the ball field, at home, hopefully not at home as much, but just just that constant nagging uh, voice about, um, other people's thoughts and opinions about themselves. Am, am I wearing the right clothes? Will I be made fun of if I do this? If I don't do that, will I be, is it, how, how does my body type compare to other body types? Cause that's what I noticed too, is on the softball field, like all, all the girls are at, you know, they're all different shapes. They're all different sizes. They, they're at all different stages of development. They're at, uh, you know, both physically, emotionally, mentally. They're at all different stages of, of uh, development in their ability to play the game of softball. You know, how well they can throw, how well they can hit, how well they can understand the game. And so I just, I, it, it was just like a, a bit, a good bit of empathy to go, man, so there's so many young girls here that, potentially are carrying so much stuff that they are constantly dealing with and sorting through all this stuff that's going through their head that is currently shaping who they are as they are figuring themselves out. And, um, I thought, man, that's a, that's a lot to carry. Um, but then again, I, I also realized like we all kind of do this, don't we? We all kind of carry with us, um, this, uh, maybe a bit of a weight, a burden of our own inner dialogue and monologue about with our own, with our own thoughts. We, we, uh, most of us continually carry, uh, at some level to some degree, we're mindful of how other people perceive us, you know, like it's just a lot. 
for us to handle. But also as I was sitting there at the, as a softball field, kind of thinking through all this, it also kind of occurred to me, like, it's, they're just thoughts. Like what even is a thought? Like why, why when my daughter is getting herself ready and being so worried about what other people might think, what do other people's thoughts truly have to do with who she is? What do other people's thoughts, how do they really affect her? How do our thoughts about other people's thoughts really affect us? Like, it's this, what, what is it? It's an intangible thing that we project onto other things. And at the end of the day, let's say, let's say um, just a, a, a silly little example. Let's say I wear a particular outfit and let's say you don't agree with my particular outfit and you have the thought, wow, that's not a good outfit. That makes him look fat. That makes him look short. That makes him, there's two, like whatever the thought is, how does that even affect me? How does your thought about me affect me? It doesn't. It doesn't. It's this immaterial, it's, it's not, it's a non-factor. It's a non-thing. So why do I allow so much? Why do we allow so much of other people's thoughts to weigh so heavy on us? It's like we're, it's like we're choosing to allow ourselves to become a slave to the thoughts of others. And then we allow others' thoughts to dictate or determine uh, how we think, how we behave, how we feel. We place so much power, we give so much power to other people uh, to affect our lives. So I, I just, I, I had the thought, like, man, I feel like we should talk about this. Like, it's just... It's it's a, it's a thought. It's a few thoughts about thoughts. <laughs> that's that's what we're going to talk about. A few thoughts about thoughts. Now, um, I, I'm going to do my best not to get like too lost in the weeds here, and we may have to break this up into uh, like two weeks, if depending on how this goes. Because <laughs> I have a I have a, I have a few thoughts about thoughts, uh, and I'm going to do my best to articulate it and hopefully make sense of it. Because I think this. This has the potential to be quite powerful, quite good for uh, just life in general and where we're at and who we are. Um, so hang in there with me and we'll just, we'll kind of see how it goes. And if you, if you have the thought that this was not good, you know what, that's okay. Because <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to attempt to not allow your thought to take over my thoughts and then cause me to have a bad day or a bad perception of myself. Okay, okay, get on with it. Um, there, actually, there was also this, um, my wife was reading me this, like she came across some interview of people who were in their 80s and 90s, you know, just kind of looking back on life and gave them some sort of survey. And one of the things that stood out to me, because as this is all like rolling around in the back of my brain, was that one of the uh, a high percentage of the older folks one of the things that they, like their biggest regrets was worrying about, uh, spending so much time worrying about what other people thought about them and spending um, so much time worrying about things that ultimately didn't matter, right? And I thought that's so fascinating to me because that's something I think maybe we, we only gain uh, the wisdom of that as we age. And it's very hard to tell it would be very hard to tell the younger version of yourself, hey, don't waste your time on so much stuff like that, right? Like, stop worrying about uh, the coulda, woulda, shouldas. Stop worrying so much about 
what other people think about what you're doing. Cause that's the thing. That's the thing that I want to tell my daughter the most, like, uh, because even, even when she's playing softball, it's like, she's afraid. It's almost like she's afraid to put in her full effort because she's worried either a, she will fail. And what will people think if she tried her best and she didn't actually succeed and B, um, if, if she puts herself out there, um, and, and is really like trying her best, like how will other people perceive that? This is the same thing as, as I watch my kids, I want to tell all of them, not this, not just her, but like my 12 year old, the nine year old, the, the seven year old, like, and I think the reason this, I want to convey this to them is because I know I wrestle with this myself. So it's like me trying to impart this wisdom but I catch them at times um, getting embarrassed or uh, ashamed uh, to some degree when they do something silly or they're trying something new. Uh, my son, our youngest son, Elias, he, he, is a, he is a ham just by nature, and he, he, loves, he loves to dance and just be silly and be free, and, and that's one of the things I love about him. Um, he will occasionally, uh, he, he will do that spontaneously for fun and for jokes and to get people to laugh, which is really funny. But then sometimes if you put him on the spot and be like, dude, why don't you go dance or like, you know, whatever, he will kind of clam up and get really shy. I'm like, why, why are you worried about what everybody else thinks here? Like, you know, this is something you want to do when, um, our other son, he gets, it's like he gets so worried. Uh, he he is very much, um, yeah, kind of not. He's not exactly in a perfectionist, but if he's not good at something, um, he, it's a real struggle for him. So he will do one of two things. He will either work very hard to become very good at it, which is if if he's really into it, or he will just move away from it and be like, I don't want to do that. And so with each of my kids in different aspects of their lives. I just want to tell them like, no, like be you fully out, like fully lean into the thing because like that's, that's how you get better at something. Give yourself fully to the thing you're doing and don't be worried about one, whether you succeed or fail because everything's your teacher and you will learn a lesson either way. And two, what everybody else thinks, because that's, that, that is only going to serve as a, a barrier to you becoming who you need to become or to you doing the thing you want to do. Like whatever you're going to do, do it fully. Like with, you know, if, if you watch, um, if you watch like an actor or something, I don't know, I'm just making something up here. If you watch an actor who doesn't fully embrace the character, it feels a bit strange. What makes a good actor is somebody who goes all the way into it it carries, flushes that whole thing out to its fullest degree. That's what makes it good. That's what makes it believable. That's what makes us like certain actors more than others. Like all that to say, let's get back to the point. When it comes to uh, thoughts, okay, I, I, there's a couple different layers here to all this, but I, I, I want to talk about um, there's my thoughts, there's your thoughts, and there's our thoughts, okay? And of course, when we say these, like, I'm speaking to this from the first person, but hopefully the lessons you will pick up are from your version of the first person. 
So when I say my thoughts and talk about my thoughts, I'm also talking about your thoughts from the perspective of your own being, as you saying my thoughts. <laughs> Hopefully it's not too confusing, but I'll speak about it from the first person and then hopefully that you can translate that in your head. Okay, so actually first, um, just so uh, we can <laughs> make sure we're, we're doing some right good things here. Uh, the Bible talks uh, a good bit about the importance of thoughts and understanding our thoughts. So like uh, Romans chapter 12, 2 Paul talks about, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and prove what God's will is, good, pleasing, and perfect will. So Paul's talking about this stuff from the idea of the, like how you think is important. And in fact, there's, there's a lot of science now that we know as we've studied like neuroplasticity within the brain, um, how thoughts can shape and affect your, your general framework. Like you can, like the, we've discovered that the brain is not like you get to a certain age and it's set in stone. The brain is actually a lot more plastic. Uh, there's a lot of, not plastic. There's a lot of plasticity. There, there's room for it to shift and to change and to flex and to grow. And you can change like your kind of neural pathways through things like prayer and meditation, that sort of thing. So Paul in, in the New Testament is talking to something that we've kind of recently discovered is a thing like you everything is is happening within the mind which means that that thoughts can affect this okay um then you have philippians 4 uh, 6 through 8 4 8 finally brother this is the one me and my son repeat uh quote every night finally brothers and sisters whatever is true whatever is noble whatever is right whatever is pure whatever is lovely Whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Yeah, because th uh, the things that you roll through your mind, because thoughts have, uh, they do have power. They do have an effect on us. And so we do have to be mindful of them. Um, and so when, when, let's get back to this. We've established that this is important. The Bible talks about it. So let, let's break this down into three three major categories which are my thoughts, your thoughts, and our thoughts. And then um, we kind of are going to look at this with the idea of within each of these categories, there are different layers to it, okay? Because there, there is, on one hand, thoughts are in fact very, very powerful. They, they can have a great, great effect on us. But also, to some degree, it's just a thought. It's just a thought. It doesn't have, you don't have to allow it to have power over you. Okay, so let's, let's talk about uh, my thoughts or in this situation, your thoughts as my thoughts. You, you get what I'm saying. So my thoughts. So because this is what I see with, um, with my daughter, with my kids, with myself, with, with all of us. We all, we all have this. Uh, on the on the uh, positive side, our, our thoughts do in fact have great power. Our, our thoughts have the ability to, to shape, to mold, to guide us the way we think of ourselves, the way we think of the world. It, it is, I believe, very important to maintain um, like, a, like a positive mindset when it comes to this because 
uh, and like we were saying, with the science of the whole thing, what we've learned and what science has proven is that our thoughts have a great ability to affect to affect our even our physicality. Um, there was a whole documentary uh, called Heal, H-E-A-L, as in healing, not as in H-E-E-L. Is that heal? Like your foot? <laughs> the heel of your foot? Um, and that was all dedicated to essentially the power of thought. In fact, there was one guy who, um, through visualization and meditation, uh, he got in a car accident. I think he something happened with his spine. He was paralyzed from like the waist down or the neck down or something. He was told by doctors that he would never walk again. And then he went through this intense, uh, I think it was like eight weeks or something, a couple months of visualization and mentally go <laughs> using thoughts essentially to heal his body uh, to a point that modern like medicine, the, the scientists and doctors couldn't couldn't really figure out what was happening other than in things were healing a lot faster in an, uh, a way that they didn't think was possible. He healed himself to the point that I think within a year or two years, he was doing triathlons. Like that's absolutely incredible. So when it comes to my thoughts, I do want to be mindful of uh, like what I allow to circulate within my brain. I've also seen it, uh, people who tend to have negative thoughts, um, that those negative thoughts, if they will, that they will dwell on them and the brain will like cycle those and, and they will develop this ability to only see what's wrong. Maybe you know some of these types of people. And I just think what a, what a miserable way to live, especially when you understand that you do have the ability to shift and change this. It's not easy. It takes a lot of work, but there, there is something within our mind through the power of thought that allows us to shape and create like, uh, the world that we live in to some degree. I can choose to only see the bad and allow that to continue to happen. Or I can allow myself and t train myself to look not, not in a, um, ignorant sort of way, but to look for the good despite the situation, to have a positive outlook on things, and and to attempt to continually move forward in, in that direction. So there, there's my thoughts, and my thoughts can be quite powerful. But also what's helpful to remember, um, the flip side to that, is that when it comes to my thoughts, um, my thoughts are not always... Um, uh, my, my thoughts are, have biases, right? Because I'm looking at things from my own lens through, through the self and through the ego. So my thoughts, uh, I, I trust them to a degree, but also I am mindful that not all of my thoughts are true and accurate. Uh, when it comes to something like communication within relationships, th this is where you can see this like exposed maybe all the more where if my spouse does something, says something, looks at me a particular way, my thoughts may perceive and read and understand that uh, in 
in a way that she did not intend it. When she asked a question about, we, oh, we had this the other day, I f- <laughs> the airing of dirty laundry. I should have like a, like a bell or a sound, like a car horn, something. I don't know. When we get to the segment about the airing of dirty laundry, but it was like <clears throat> my wife had asked. It was like three or four unrelated things, but there were things that were like missing in our house that she couldn't find. Uh, where where is the 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 counter spray? Because she was picking something out. Where is this? Uh, where is my shoes? Where where is my shoes? My wife has great grammar. Where are my shoes? Where is it? There was like just three or four things in a row, and I was like, I was just starting to get annoyed at it, because in my mind, the way that I received it was that it felt a bit accusatory. That was not her intent. She was not accusing. She was just asking. And so then that became a thing where I was like, well, how come, like, you keep you keep coming at us with all the things that are wrong or missing, like it's my fault. And she goes, I wasn't accusing you. I was just asking a question because I keep getting frustrated that I can't find the things that I'm looking for. So I'm just asking these questions out loud to see if you might know where it's been or whatever. But see, in my mind, what my thoughts led me to was this idea that she was accusing me of doing something wrong, which then led my brain to start going, well, I didn't do anything wrong. Why does she think I did something wrong? Well, that's not even my fault, which led to this sense of irritation and tension within my own being, which is like a weird, just a weird thing, okay? At the end of the day or underneath all of that, when she starts asking these questions and my brain starts like receiving this, it, it received it incorrectly from what she was trying to do. And I allowed that thought process to guide and direct like several hours of my day to the point that it led to this like tension and conflict. But here's the deal. It was like, why, why, why do I allow that that thing to have so much power over me. Again, thoughts can have great power, but also we have to be mindful that sometimes it's like it's just a thought. Like it's not, it's not really doing anything. It didn't have to have any power over me in that moment. Like um, when it comes to things like, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff I've picked up through like yoga and meditation and, and, I think Eckhart Tolle talks about this kind of stuff, like essentially you are not your thoughts. And so sometimes one of the practices that we can use to help us through these situations is to remember this thing, like you are not your thoughts. This this thing, th- this um, idea, this thought process may roll through your brain, but if you become the observer of your thoughts, I am the one watching the thoughts come in and out it allows you to step back and get to a place of being a bit more objective, being a bit more rational, being a bit more, uh, being able to respond in maybe a healthier way. Like if I would have observed my thoughts in that moment and gone, oh, part of you is, is getting really frustrated with all these questions. Why are you getting frustrated with these questions? And then I could have taken that, taken that moment to go, to say to my wife, hey, listen, um, this is the way I'm, I'm hearing this. Uh, can you give me some clarity here? Because it feels like 
you're you're attacking or accusing me of something. At which point she would have said, no, I'm just frustrated because I can't find my stuff. To which I could have gone, oh, okay, well, that's good to know and just move forward. So when it comes to my thoughts, yeah, we all have, there is a very powerful component to it. And like Paul says, be transformed by the renewing of your thoughts. Our thoughts ha- do have the ability to shape and guide things in a very positive way. But also, our thoughts are not always 100% accurate, which means we have to be able to hold them a bit loosely. We have to step back and work on being the observer on our thoughts for the sake of not giving our thoughts the power that we don't want them to have. <laughs> because they're powerful, we have to be extra mindful of what our thoughts are doing. <laughs> so uh, it's just a thought, but that thought can, carry a, can have a big effect. So when we step back, third party, be the watcher of our thoughts, it allows us to properly handle it and to determine whether this is something we want to allow to have power in our lives or whether it's something we need to let go of so that it does not have power in our lives, so that it's it's just a thought, so that it's light and easy and carefree. And even if it's a negative one, we can slide that thing right out of our general like thought process. Hopefully that Hopefully that makes sense. In my brain it does, but sometimes my brain doesn't work properly. <laughs> and my wife said, amen. I'm just kidding. She would never, she, she would never that much say something like that. Okay, let's do, um, let's do your thoughts. And then, then we might have to, we might have to call it depending on how this, how this one goes. And then, then maybe we can do our thoughts and like a follow up on in the next one. So there's my thoughts, there's your thoughts, and there's our thoughts. So from my perspective, when it comes to your thoughts, um, this is, I think, one of the big things when I look at my kids and kind of what we were talking about earlier is why is it that we allow other people's thoughts about ourselves to carry so much weight. Because ultimately, again, if I am doing something, um, you know, I, I, uh, like I, I wrote a book, people will have thoughts about that. That will be other people's thoughts. That's your thoughts about the thing that I'm doing. Um, I obviously want people to have and to think good thoughts. That's not always going to be the case. Now, whether your thoughts about what I have done are good or bad, what difference does that truly make in my life? What, like <laughs> uh, every week I get up and give a, give a sermon, give a message. People will have thoughts about this. Sometimes they have good thoughts and they say, oh, that was so great. Thank you. And I'm like, oh, you're very welcome. Thank you for being so kind. And sometimes people question it. And sometimes they say, yeah, I'm not real sure about that, which I'm highly aware of means they completely disagreed with it. (laughs) It's what happens. But I have the tendency to allow things like my perception for that day, my general vibe for that day, uh, how I think about myself, how I think about the future. Uh, A lot of, uh, if I'm not careful, a lot of my sense of being 
will be determined by the thoughts of others in those kinds of moments. Like, why? Why should that? But I mean, I guess I understand like on a base level is because we all long to be like loved and accepted and, and all the things. Like I, I, I fully get that. Like we're always looking like to belong. And so we want people to have good thoughts about who we are and about what we're doing because that gives us a sense of affirmation in, in our being. But at the same time, like your thoughts about me like should have should have no bearing. I don't know if that's the right phrasing for that. But your thoughts about me, even even with this podcast, whatever. Oh, it's good. It's bad. Oh, he talks too much. He laughs at his own jokes. He he seems to ran. Uh, what's it called? Meander, wobble, wobble. He can't talk sometimes properly. <laughs> Things just don't come out right. But like, so, like, how does that how does that truly affect my day? How does that affect me when I when I shut off the mic and move forward with my day? When I go. Uh, to do my job, when I go to hang out with my family. If you thought this was the worst podcast ever, and, like, what 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 bearing does your thought have on my life? Like, n- like little to none, except my mom. Whatever my mom thinks, really. Because <laughs> we always want our moms to love us, no matter what. And, and I think she does, most of the time. Most of the time. Um, but for, like, the general public... Right when when I go to uh, Ellis softball practice and I start doing my thing, I'll, I'll sit down and work on a few things here and there, whatever. Uh, I'll get up, I'll walk around, I'll listen to a book, I'll make some phone calls. But like, there's still this weird, occasionally, kind of like uh, little voice in the background about the other parents with. With what I what I show up in, what I wear to the practice, how I carry myself at the practice, uh, how um, like what my what what is their perception of me? Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I I think we all do this to some degree. I know some people deal with it less than others. A lot of times, I I can I can very quickly get into the place of not caring whatsoever about what people think, and that's. That's where I live most of the time. <laughs> but I do catch myself sometimes going, wait, why am I worried about what these other middle-aged, overweight, not cool, hip, not hip parents? Why do I? <laughs> this is totally my judgment. These are my thoughts creeping back in. Why do I care what they think about me? Why, like, whether they have good thoughts or bad thoughts about the random guy who always sits off to the side and does his own thing, what does that affect me? That has no bearing on my life whatsoever. So why would I want to give that so much power in my life? What, why does it matter if I wear shorts or pants to the baseball game? <laughs> uh, my sister was giving me a hard time the other day because I seem to wear jeans a lot or pants a lot. I don't know why. I feel comfortable in pants, whether it's hot or not. I just, uh, so I put on pants. I don't give it a whole lot of thought. And she said, oh, we're wearing jeans today on a Saturday morning when it's like 80 degrees out. I'm like, I don't know. I just don't, I don't have a lot of good shorts. Why would I let her thoughts bother me? Well, with my sister, maybe it's because she's closer, you know, like 
she's in kind of the inner circle of my life. And so I do care about her thoughts. But to anybody else, like, why leave me alone? Why does it matter? Right? And so it's like we take we take these immaterial, it's like this vapor, it's this thing that that doesn't exist in a place in my life beyond in your own head. Like your thoughts about me exist only in your own head until I begin to take them and and try to attempt to when when I begin to worry about your thoughts, then they take up residence in me. And that's that's not something I need to do. Like that's not that's not really a helpful thing to be a part of, is it? So it's like why why would we waste our time worrying about what other people think about us? Because it's not a thing. It's it's not a thing whatsoever. It does not affect me. It doesn't. Those are those are your thoughts. Those <laughs> like whether you express them to me or not, like it's just a thing. It's it's not a thing. It's your thoughts should not have power over me, right? Again, there are limitations, there are boundaries here because like my wife's thoughts do matter to me. My parents' thoughts, my siblings' thoughts, those do matter to me. But I'm saying like on a general, much larger scale. And so when, when I'm looking at my kids and I'm seeing how much they're concerned with other what other people think about them, I go, what? why? Like their thought, it's just a thought. It's It's not a... There's nothing there to it. Like, what do you, it's like chasing, like uh, in the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon talks about chasing after the wind. Like, what are you, what are you chasing after? Like, what are you doing? Why are we allowing that to so deeply affect us? And, and think about the freedom that, that you could experience from going, oh, no, 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 that's, it's just a thought. It's just a thing. It's, or it's, it's just a thing. It's just not a thing. Do you know, like, and not only that, but think about, well, uh, let's, uh, let's save that for, because we could get in, we're, I was about to get into a whole thing. Yeah, let's, let's not, we're, we're getting, <clears throat> we're getting close to time anyways. Okay. So let's, let's pause, let's pause there and then we'll come back to like finishing your thoughts and we'll do our thoughts, uh, your thoughts and our thoughts in the following week. But all that to say, hopefully you've stayed with me here, is that we have this, uh, on one hand, thoughts can be very, very, very powerful. But on the other hand, thoughts are, are, are this immaterial thing that exists only within our, within, within our minds. Do, do you know what I'm saying? Like, it can't, it, it only has power within ourselves. It only has power that we give it. It doesn't have power on its own. A thought is just a thought. It's just a thought. So what we want to attempt to do when we're talking about my thoughts and your thoughts and, and, and our thoughts is we want to be able to harness the concept, the idea of thought personally for the good because they do, they do have power when we implore them properly, but they can also have the re reverse effect and affect us in a negative light. So what we want to do on the personal level is to to be the observer and the watcher of our thoughts so that we can empower the ones that serve to serve for the good and then remove the ones that or or let the other ones slide through that that are going to be not 
bringing us to a better place, the ones that burden us, the ones that carry us down, the ones that weigh us down, the ones that put up barriers and tell us about all the things we can't do. We want to let those slide out because at the end of the day, it's just a thought. Yeah. When it comes to thoughts of others, yes, there are certain people we do want to be mindful of because they can speak to our lives. They can help us. They can speak, point us to better things. They can give us a sense of uh, relief and peace. They can encourage us. They can lift us up. Um, they can also, if the people that you trust speak, uh, have like negative thoughts or tell you what's wrong with you or what you can't do, they can also impact us uh, uh, very, very deeply and very heavily. And you know what I've seen with a lot of people is that 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 a lot of people carry a lot of childhood trauma that that really needs to be dealt with or else it causes problems later in life. And so again, in this situation, when it comes to other people's thoughts, this is uh, something we need to be very, very cautious of and very, very mindful of because again, within other people's thoughts and opinions about us, there is both the aspect of it has the potential to be very powerful, but also at the end of the day, it's just a thought and it doesn't really affect us whatsoever. And so I think by being mindful of this, it actually helps us to, to, to move forward. <clears throat> it takes some pressure and burden off of us. It allows us to be in control of what it is that we will allow and not allow to affect us and actually helps us, I think, to live from a healthier place. Okay, so let's pause there for now. We'll come back. We'll do some, we'll talk about our collective thoughts and then um, kind of like flesh this whole thing out, hopefully in a better light. Okay, so that's where we're going to stop today. Just a thought, part one. Uh, my thoughts, your thoughts, our thoughts. Uh, we'll finish our thoughts in the, in the next week. All right, thank you guys so much for being here. This has been the Sneaky Emu. Mom, thanks for listening. Uh, Brad, I'm glad you're home for a day and we'll talk to you guys later. Bye.